Welcome to the Superhumanized podcast, where the quest to uplift our body, mind, and spirit takes us on explorations with some of the most extraordinary humans on the planet. I am your host, Ariana Summer, and today we have the privilege of navigating the currents of health and wellness with Dr. Mike Van Thielen. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Imagine mastering the art of transformation, not just metaphorically, but physically, mentally, and spiritually, until it transcends into every stroke of life's vast ocean. Dr. Mike, a world-renowned biohacker, physician, mentor, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and a world record holder in swimming, does just that, employing a blend of expertise garnered from over three decades in health practices, anti-aging, regenerative medicine, and sports performance. With the precision of an all-American athlete and the insight of a seasoned holistic nutrition expert, Dr. Mike champions the unconventional, turning the tides of traditional healthcare through biohacking, and in the process, teaching us how to unleash our own superpowers. In his compelling publications, EMR, The Invisible Threat, and The Izot Method, Dr. Mike delves into the depths of how we can shield ourselves from unseen hazards and optimize our lives for peak performance. As we discuss his action plan for biohacking, the five clean living principles, and the myriad ways to combat the invisible threats to our health, prepare to have your perceptions challenged and your notions of health transformed. So tune into this episode of Superhumanize to chart your course towards a life of profound wellness guided by the wisdom of Dr. Mike as we swim beyond the boundaries of the conventional and into the extraordinary, right here, right now. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Welcome to the Superhumanized Podcast, Mike. It's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You are a human being after my own heart. You've worn many hats in your career. You have been multi-purpose, multi-passionate, from competitive swimmer to biohacker to healthcare entrepreneur. And so you're like a slash personality, right? Slash this, slash that. I count myself amongst the slash personalities. And I'd like to know from you, how have these very varied experiences influenced your approach to health and wellness? Obviously, they shaped all of it, right? I, at a young age, apparently I was very competitive and I still am, of course, but I was the fastest runner. I was on a soccer team, basketball team, et cetera. But I lost in swimming because a good friend of mine was part of the local swim team. And I don't even remember myself, but my mother told me that I was so upset that my solution was to join the swim team myself. And so that's how I find my passion for swimming. And like you said, I even swim a world record in 2019, just before COVID. Obviously, in my age group, I can't beat Michael Phelps. But still, 
a good accomplishment, but I ended up going to the University of Brussels where I did physical education. Sports is very fun, but what are you going to do with that ultimately? So then I ended up going into physical therapy and traveled with Belgian Olympic swimmers in preparation for the Olympic Games in Atlanta, 1996. Been a while. But at that time, they apparently were short of physical therapists in the United States. So I was recruited and I actually saved $400, packed my backpack, put my jeans on and came live the American dream. Needless to say, though, I didn't have any coaching or mentorship. My credit score was zero, right? So it was pretty hard at the time and I got knocked down quite often. But my motto quickly became, I never lose, I win or I learn. And so fast forward, worked in several at several clinics and saw or witnessed the benefits of combining conventional medicine, which let's say alternative medicines, which they're not alternative, they're the original ones, but that's another discussion. But I saw the benefits. So I went back to school to the Florida College of Integrative Medicine, got board certified in Chinese herbs, homeopathy, licensed in acupuncture, Chinese herbs, you name it, which was a little fun. But after another almost thousand patients, I got frustrated because these modalities were indeed less invasive and less harmful than conventional medicine, drugs, injections, and surgeries. But I really didn't get the long lasting results I was hoping for either. I decided to go back to basics and that's when I got my PhD in holistic nutrition. And I decided to look at mother nature because mother nature tells the truths about health. So I really just started asking questions like what do animals in the wild do? And usually they have the truths. And by combining those, I got very comfortable in helping anybody with their health-related issues. And I had many anti-aging clinics. I was a CEO of stem cell clinics until COVID hits. And then I had the time to really look into myself and say, what am I really passionate about? And it is about helping people on, a, on an individual basis, but also on a large scale. So I decided to become a coach mentor and do a lot of keynote speaking, writing more books and really helping people regain control of their health, optimize their health. And today, we call it biohacking. I'm regarded an expert in biohacking, which is objectively reversing your biological age, right? And so that's what I'm doing today. And so all these experiences obviously shaped me and kept me on the edge. What I call true medicine is being healthy. It's not managing disease or being sick. It's about highest performance, being in the zone, being the best person you can be on all levels, physical, emotional, mental social communication wise, et cetera. So that's where I want to be. And that's what I help people to do. Excellent, Mike. And that's exactly what I am super passionate about to elevate the human experience. And I am really thrilled to be speaking to a fellow biohacker. You have actually outlined a three-step action plan for biohacking. Could you summarize these steps for us and explain why these three steps are pivotal? Yeah, I got eight books and the last one is a little different because the first seven was pure about health related uh, topics. But the last one during the pandemic, when we closed the stem cell clinics and I wasn't really doing much, but thinking about what I should do, a good friend, colleague of mine said, Hey, do you have some time to help doing pre-screening calls for medical marijuana patients because we need help and I had nothing to do. I said, sure. So I ended up talking to a few hundred people per week with what, ADHD, anxiety, depression, PTSD, you name it. And yes, there's therapies and drugs and supplements out there, but I really found quickly out that there was a common denominator cause for all these mental conditions. And it was, there wasn't any purpose. They didn't have any purpose in life. So just imagine going through the motions being 
not in control of your life, having to work eight to five for a boss that draws extra work, or you having to run home, take the kids to soccer, do whatever it is for your significant other, and never be able to catch up and worrying about tomorrow financially and otherwise, not knowing what tomorrow brings next week, next month, next year. And when I put myself in that place, yes, I would be very worried myself. I would be instilled with fear and that then obviously leads to anxiety, depression, etc. So I decided in my last book to go a lot broader than health. And I came up with what I call today the IZOT method. IZOT stands for in the zone on demand and unleashing your superpowers. So Basically, I figured out we can teach people to be healthier. We can teach people how to focus and stuff. But I think there needs to be foundations. And so the ISOT method in general has three broad steps. As you mentioned, number one, purpose. Uh, Many people are not living their purpose. Many people don't know their purpose. Many people know it, but are barely tapping into it. So my job is to really unleash that. And so I do very various exercises and I communicate with my clients and figure out sometimes in an hour, sometimes in a day, maximum a week, because it doesn't take that long to really identify that passion, that fire in their stomach. And then obviously the first objection comes, oh, you're right, Dr. Mike, but I have responsibilities. I have a job. I have bills to pay. I have a mortgage. I have kids in college, et cetera. So the excuses build up immediately. And I said, okay, we, I'm not asking you to quit your job or not be responsible. Let's free up one time or one hour per day and start working on that purpose, just one hour a day. And it, it's amazing how much our hours we waste every day. So it's very easy to uh, basically free up one. And then we just basically work one hour a day. And it's amazing how quickly we can establish something within their purpose and then at a certain time transition into that. So number one purpose is that mm. fire is that passion. Yeah. And so I have a question. I'd like to delve a little bit deeper into that. And I understand this is a process that's very individualized, of course, and that can also be complex. It may take up to a week. But let's say I were your client and I would come to you and say, Dr. Mike, I just... Uh, I have not the slightest idea what my purpose is, but I do know something is missing in my life. What would be one of the first questions or maybe tools that you would guide me towards to start exploring this? Could yeah, you the first question I would ask is I would actually make sure if you're living your purpose, yes or no. A lot of people think they are, but they're not. My recent uh, client is an eye surgeon and he does procedures all the time and actually He's very good at it. He's probably one of the best in the country. And so he thinks he's living his purpose, but we find out he's really not because when we're born, we're pushed in a certain direction by society. In other words, we got to go to school. We got to go to college. We got to graduate, work for somebody, and then live the golden years, which usually never come. Or our parents or teachers push us in a certain direction because if dad's a doctor, probably want to go to med school. If mom's a lawyer, they probably want to go to law school, right? So he got very successful and he's very well off financially, but there's no fire. There's no passion, right? So we figured out it's something totally different, right? So we got to transition into that. So again, even though you think you're living it, you may not be. So my first thing that I do with patients is, or clients or mentors, mentees is tomorrow morning when you get up, if it's a weekday, right? Before you get up, but you're awake, ask yourself, what are you thinking? Are you thinking 
I have to get up. I have to go to work. I have to do this. I have to do that. Or are you thinking, I get to get up. I get to work. I get to do this. I get to do that. Very simple. Unfortunately, most people fall in that first category, which means is you're not living your purpose, your passion, because if you truly live your purpose, passion, you got fire in your stomach. You can't wait to get up and do something. Make that one small incremental step today to get you closer to your goals and dreams that you have clearly defined. Yes. And Mike, something you said, I love the way you put this. Do you think and I have to or I get to? And I think it's a very deeply ingrained in our culture, probably also propagated by certain religious, yeah, foundational messaging or thoughts, which is that we are taught that to make a living, to earn money needs to be hard. Then we feel that we're deservant of this or we follow the footsteps, let's say, of our parents. We follow certain accepted social paradigms, whereas instead of discovering what actually makes us a light up, what are we innately attracted to and also good at? What are we passionate about doing that also comes easily to us? That doesn't mean, of course, that we're not going to hone our talents and our skill sets and that we're not going to put work into it. But it means that we get into a place where actually we feel in alignment and in flow with what we're doing with our lives, where we get to live life and we don't have to live life. Fulfillment is the key there. So that's a really excellent question. I love that. Thank you for explaining that. So this is a foundation, the purpose also of your Isaac. The second step is really getting in control and getting organized. What that means is, again, we're overwhelmed by our job and we're not in control of our life. And especially today, there's this social media component too. We're not in control of either. So the second step is we really need to start scripting our life, being in control of our agenda, of our calendar and having a plan, right? Because now we have purpose, but we really have to make that plan. The plan doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to have details. It doesn't have to have the how-tos. It just have to have the what's because the details and how-tos will fall in place as we take our journey. But it's the what. What are our goals? What are our dreams? Uh, how long is it going to take? Oh, it's going to take about seven years. Okay, so now you probably heard this before. If our dreams are not scary, they're not big enough, which is true. But if they are scary, we're overwhelmed. And therefore, we think we can't attain those goals and dreams. And so we don't even start, right? And so we need to take that big, scary dream and break it, let's say it's seven years, break it down in years. And then that first year, break it down in months and weeks. And what can I do tomorrow? Very small incremental steps so we can feel fulfillment every day. And we know we are, you know, getting closer. And, and part of that plan is also identifying the people, I call it the team of experts, but they don't have to be billionaires or professionals. Could be anybody, could be your sister, your mom, your current secretary, doesn't matter, but a team of experts that you need to reach your highest potential. If we look at sports, for example, if we look at, I like the example of the 100 meters hurdles or the 110 for men, 100 for women at the Olympics, they're usually working on that goal for eight years or seven years, right? To On that date, I'm going to win the gold medal and I'm going to set a world record, but they don't do by themselves, right? They got a track and field coach. And obviously, hopefully there's somebody with experience that knows how to get you there. Then you have a mental coach. Then you have a nutritionist. Then you have, you know, a coach for the gym, the strength training coach. Then you have other types of support, which is your family, your, your friends, social support, maybe some sponsors, 
so you don't have to go to work and you can actually do what you need to do. So there's this whole team of people. And no matter who you are or what you do, you need those people around you. And I usually suggest these are people that are strong where you are weak because I don't want you to waste your time working on your weaknesses. That's something we all have heard before and I don't like that idea. We need to continue to work on our strengths and be the best we can be and identify our weaknesses and then identify the people that we need to get to that highest potential. So part of the plan is the goals and the dreams and breaking them down in attainable incremental steps, putting that team of people together and scripting that life because the more control we have and know exactly what comes, we talked about this, right? Comes tomorrow, next week, next day, the more control and the more clarity, the less stress, the less doubt, the less false core beliefs. And so that's step number two is that plan, that control, that clarity on where we're going, because then obstacles become stepping stones and opportunities versus throwing our hands in the air. Oh, it's not meant to be. I can't do this. Just like the 110 meter hurdles or the 100 meters, they are attacking those hurdles because they know where the finish line is. So you need to know where your finish line is. So you can get up and say, I get to take this hurdle today and you're going to run for it and attack it because it's one less hurdle to take and you're closer to your goals and dreams. But if you don't have that direction, of course, you're going to throw your airs up in the air and feel like it's another bad day. Mm -hmm. And what you just said about the building your team, I also believe deeply and is so crucial. So many of us uh, grow up and have instilled in us in a message of, be independent, be self-reliant, and that's good. However, it's also important to look at the other side of these borrowed beliefs that are we're wrapped into, because the other side could be that we don't know how to reach out and ask for help, to ask for support. We may not know how to delegate. We may think we have to do it all and be perfect in everything, which completely dilutes our potential. As you very truly pointed out, to focus on our strengths and surround ourselves with people who are much better in other areas and who can then help propel us further. And if we look at the other side of asking for help, when somebody comes to me and it is in my power and I have the capacity and the time to support them, I am thrilled. I am overjoyed to contribute something to that human being's life. So that. That is really a very important takeaway for me personally, because I had to deal with that. So thank you for pointing that out, Mike. Well, and you pointed out two critical things. It's like you talked interdependent. And if we think about some people know this book, Stephen R. Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, great book, but it talks about dependent, which are babies and kids. Then it talks about independent, which should be every adult, which is great. But then the next level is interdependent. How do you synergize with other people? So... And talking about that's where the comfort zone talk always has to come in because we are content. We are, we feel safe within our comfort zone. We are making the bills, we're paying the bills where we're able to go on a boat ride on Saturday and we're content, but we're not necessarily fulfilled or living our purpose. So now we need to teach people to get out of that comfort zone. And that's where people get fearful, right? And so what I do with my mentees is really educate on what that comfort zone is and what's following next, because after the comfort zone is the fear zone, the learning zone, the growth zone, and also preparing them for what would happen if they decide to leave the comfort zone. Because the first thing that happens is your loved ones, your family, your friends, your colleagues are going to tell you, are you crazy? That's not going to work. 
But if you know that's going to happen and why that happens and you're prepared, then you can move forward versus hesitating. Because the reason they say that to you is not because they don't want you to be successful. They do love you. They are your friends and family, but it's their reaction. It's their instinct to say that because you are part of their comfort zone and they don't want to lose you as part of their comfort zone, right? So this is about education. It's about comfort zone, but people need to realize that most of us have to get out of the comfort zone to even find their purpose, to grow, to self-discover, and to be extraordinary. Many times when I talk about purpose, before we get to that second place, we really have to educate on comfort zone and what's going to happen and why we need to leave that comfort zone. And even two weeks ago, I talked to millionaires, people that are much more successful than I do, because they don't realize even that they got out of the comfort zone, they got successful. But after a while, that new growth zone becomes what? Your new comfort zone. So now if you want to be a billionaire, you need to once more leave that comfort zone, surround yourself with other people, have another plan, and keep on growing. So it's a cycle where you need to continuously get out of the comfort zone to continue to build and surround yourself with those right people, right? If yeah, Everybody heard if you surround yourself with five people that are poor, you're going to be poor. If you surround yourself with five people that are positive, you'll be a positive person. If you surround yourself with five druggies, you'll probably become a druggie. And if you surround yourself with six, five millionaires, you'll be the next millionaire. And, and that's true, right? Yes, because when we see examples, our, our brain and also our, our psyche, we absorb this information. And I also think it's very important to know what are our adversaries of our personal adversaries of going out of the comfort zone. You very aptly named friends and family because yes, and that really struck a, a chord in me because we're part of their comfort zones. That's brilliant. I've never actually heard it put that way. And it's so true, Mike. And the other thing is our brain's number one job is to keep us, the organism, safe and alive. So if the status quo is, hey, we're alive, we're okay, our brain... Don't run to the sable tiger. Exactly. Don't change. Don't take the risk. So it's really good to know all the things that me may be stacking up against our desire to make that change. It is really helpful to actually move through the discomfort and the resistance to change is to be able to discern the resistance to change from resistance to true resistance, energetic alignment resistance to about what we may be moving towards. Those are two very different things. Yes, and that's why passion and purpose comes first because now you have that driving force. You're more likely to want to go through that, out of that comfort zone into the growth zone. So it's very specific purpose, passion. Now let's talk about the comfort zone because we got to do something else. Exactly. So this was step number two, right? I'm, I'm loving this conversation, Mike. So, so that purpose, we got passion. Now we got the plan. We got a team of experts. We got our agenda clear. We scripted our life. Everything's clear. There's no stress. We're in control, right? So then step number three is biohacking. We need to upgrade the body, the mind. We've been upgrading life, but now it's body and mind. Whether you're an athlete or a salesperson or an entrepreneur or an artist or a performer, it doesn't really matter because I think everybody can agree that if you're in better health, you're going to perform better no matter what it is that you do. So we need to upgrade that body, but also the mind. The mind is probably the most important part because the mind controls the body, disease or health. 
And the mind also is the blueprint for our success or failure. So I start with clients. In, it, these phases are indeed one, two, three, but that doesn't mean they have to be distinct. We can start working on the mind immediately because it will help with purpose too. But the mind's so important with that because again, we have all these false core beliefs based on the past. And we also, oh, we can do this heat in because, and all the excuses come, right? So the mind's very important and mostly because the minds are our inner thoughts. Again, they're the blueprint. And so if we believe in our goals and our dreams 100%, without any doubt that we're going to achieve those, then the universe only has one option, a big win. But if there's any doubt in our mind that we will achieve our goals or dreams or overcome cancer or whatever it is, you know, if there's any doubt, then the universe still has two options, failure or success. So working on a belief system is very important. But when we push purpose and passion into that and we are really getting a clear picture and a team together, then that belief system strengthens, right? Because everything's clear and we have a methodology and a day-to-day -day step to that seven-year program. So all that kind of comes together and we really got to work on our mindset, be able to tapping into the different brain waves. And today it's so easy because two decades ago when I was also still swimming, people said, oh, Mike, you got to meditate. And here I go trying to meditate, emptying my mind and I was unable to. And so you give up when you don't get the result. But today there's so many strategies and even technologies available that within one or two sessions, even the average person can feel a change, can tap into some type of a meditative stage, which then encourages them to continue this practice. But today we have visualization, manifestation, we have gratitude, we have brain tap, which is technology. And to me, what worked best for me was breath work. When I focus on my breath, everything else clears my mind and I get into a meditative state. So eliminating those far scores beliefs and it's strengthening the belief that you're going to be successful becomes key here. But also key is managing or controlling your emotions, your feeling, learning to do that, being control of that body, being control of your future and your success. And so that, that's a huge key to step number three is upgrading the body and the mind. And so then the body obviously is biohacking. We got to go from regaining control of your health, step number one, to optimizing your health, to step number two, reversing objectively, your biological age and becoming superhuman. So that's step number three. Yes. And I want to talk more in detail about this, Mike. Something I would like to add to is what you just said about the emotions, to be able to control our emotions. I think that so many of us are emotionally dysregulated. This is something we've never learned in school. Most of us never learned from our parents. So we walk through life in a very reactionary way. And oftentimes we don't even know why we react in certain ways to things that are actually not supportive to what we want to do in life and often even harmful. So is there a specific technique that you like uh, best with regards to working on emotional regulation? Yeah. Uh, again, first, generally speaking, I, I uh, educate my clients on the fact what differentiates us humans from animals in the wild. And the answer is the difference is our awareness. We have an awareness, which means is we have the freedom to choose our response to any given stimulus or situation. Animals can't do that. They have an instinct. But that's also why animals in the wild are in perfect health, because they act according to the laws of Mother Nature. 
and act in their best interest and in the best interest of their species. But we have the freedom to choose our response. And the reason why most of us are in ill health is because we've been choosing the wrong response over and over again. We know we should eat healthy, but we don't. We know we should get enough sleep, but we don't. And so animals don't have that choice. So we have the freedom to choose our response. We need to let people know that when we react a certain way to a certain situation emotionally, whether it's when we're sad or lonely and eat comfort food, or whether it's we're stuck in traffic and, and get very angry and frustrated, we need to understand, number one, we need to acknowledge that we react a certain way in a certain situation. And now we need to take ownership of that. Once we take ownership, now we can actually sit down and say, what are my options in that situation? And so my book is loaded with different options and different examples where we can say, okay, or you get into a bar fight or somebody in a bar, you by accident bump into them and their beer falls and they want a, a fight. What are your different options, right? In situations like that. And so now we can make a conscious decision that should align with your morals and values. If you're in the bar and you feel like you're taller and stronger and you know how to fight because you got a black belt, maybe you can beat him up. But the question is, does that align with your morals and values? So you basically want to make that decision. You got to know you have options because you're a human being. and You can have the freedom to choose your response. So what are you going to do now? And hopefully your action aligns with your morals and your values. And so yes, there's different techniques and different ways for you to rationally manage your emotions in any given situation. Uh, and then, of course, if you have a lot of trauma, past trauma, then maybe you need some experts in these fields to, number one, release that trauma because trauma, emotional trauma especially, exhibits itself physically, mentally, emotionally, et cetera, in relationships, et cetera. In, in that case, you may want to get a clean plate first and go to some expert that can help you releasing that emotional trauma before you're going to upgrading, right? Yes, 100%. I think it's really important to make use of the resources that we have nowadays. We have so many resources literally at our fingertips with the internet alone, and we can connect with people, uh, specialists also online. It's not even necessary to do it in person anymore, preferable in, in a lot of cases, but not necessary. And there's simple things. You mentioned breath work before. I for myself, I've also found that breath work really can affect a state change and other things. If you look at nature, I look at my little dog, Teddy, four-pound Yorkie, and whenever he is stressed, he, because he didn't get a treat, he has a very stressful life, but so he will just shake himself like so many animals do from the tip of his little ears to the tip of his tail. And that's actually something to you feel stressed, you feel overwhelmed, you do some jumping jacks, you literally shake it off. Within a minute, your state, your emotional state has changed. And these are things, the more we know, the more we can apply these tools, the more we become emotionally not controlled, but more regulated. That being said, and really wanting to talk about biohacking with you, I would like to start talking about this specific topic with what are some of the common myths or misconceptions about biohacking? that you may often have to deal with and how do you dispel them? 
Yeah, biohacking is a very amorphous term. Everybody has a different definition. And there's obviously also a little negative connotation to the term because biohacking sounds like taking a shortcut. It's the last thing you can do in health is taking a shortcut, right? So that wouldn't align. And then in biohacking, we basically have three levels uh, of biohacking. Number one is called biomodulation. What that means is we are simply doing something that benefits our physiology and biology. For example, a high-quality supplement or an infrared sauna or, like you said, doing some breath work. It's something that we do that has a positive effect on our physiology. So that's biomodulation. Level number two is bioenhancement. So this is something externally that will have a more uh, long-term effect. For example... As we age, the quantity and quality of our hormones in our body goes down. The same with stem cells. As we age, the quantity and quality of stem cells drastically declines. So we basically genetically programmed. But if we, if we engaged in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, are we engaged in stem cell-based therapies, then we actually are going beyond our genetic programming. And so that's biohacking, is uh, keeping ourselves young, increasing our life's lifespan. Uh, so that's step number two, bioenhancement. And then step number three is biotransformation, uh, which is a little bit scary, even also in my opinion, because now we are merging biology with technology, right? Uh, so we're talking about AI. And of course, we have examples already. A pacemaker would be an example, right? Which is a good thing to keep us alive. But we also have cochlear implants for kids that are deaf or computer chips in the brains of Parkinson patients. We have bionic limbs, which actually perform at a greater efficiency today than our real biological limbs, right? So those are not necessarily bad things, but as the field evolves, we know that there are that there's good and evil on this planet. So I'm a little bit afraid of step number three, where we are going to merge too much technology in our biology where we are going to be under the control of some evil force. So from that perspective, I caution people a little bit, but the other two levels are great because that's purely reversing our biological age without the use of merging with technology. Absolutely. I'm with you there 100%, Mike. And for example, also with the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, I'm a big believer in that. I've seen the positive changes with myself and also with friends and family. And of course, I also believe in optimal nutrition. And for me, part of that is also supplementation, a, a protocol that is tailor-made for my very specific needs. I do at least two, three blood tests a year. I know what's going on that really helps to tweak. So having the information, having the data is really crucial. That being said, and since you are at the cutting edge or the bleeding edge of biohacking, could you elaborate a bit more on the specific biohacking compounds or treatments that you believe hold the most potential for human optimization and also explain why you believe those are particularly impactful? Yeah, so there's many compounds like a supplement, there's many technologies and there's many strategies, right? But uh, what I do with my mentees is just, it depends on where they are in their life. So I usually, broadly speaking, I have three categories. Number one, it's people that need to regain control of their health. So these are people that are overweight, people that are diagnosed with some type of a medical condition or people that are in pain. 
So to me, they're below normal baseline. So we need to regain control and get them back to quote unquote normal, whatever that means. So that's step number one. And so the techniques and modalities and the things we do are different. Step number two is once people are back to normal or they are normal, we want to optimize their health. So that's step number two. So now we're going to do biomodulation and bioenhancement, and we're going to in, 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 uh, implement lifestyle modification so they can do what? They can be in optimal health. They can feel vital and strong and fit, and they're on in control of their physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. And then step number three is so once we're in optimal health, that would be the perfect foundation to maximize the benefits of biohacking. In other words, if you are overweight in pain and you're not in great health and you have a few diagnoses like type 2 diabetes and heart attack or whatever it may be, some of these strategies that I use today for myself will have no effect on this person because the person is still in a state of emergency. The body has is putting out fires and has no time to try to think of reversing biological age. It's just trying to survive right now. So number one, we really need to put the right strategy, modality, technology in at the right time. And then as we progress, we change those modalities. So that's the first thing that I think is important to share. The second thing is, it's just, it's just like when I see those, somebody those, that wants to be a triathlete and buys a $3,000 race bike, but can't even swim properly. So it's, let's get the foundations in place. And once you're at a high level, and a few seconds are going to matter, let's, let's invest in this bike. But up until then, let's stick with the foundational stuff. In biohacking, it doesn't have to necessarily be expensive or you don't have to necessarily invest in high-tech equipment yet. And if you have the money, you could, right? But there's, I, in my book, I, call, I talk about seven foundations. So the first one is water. We heard this many times, but without that foundation, we're not going to get far. We need to drink, and I got it right here, we need to drink enough water and it needs to be clean water. So somehow you need to make sure it's purified water. Mine happens to be infused with hydrogen, right? That's another story. But, and now they came out, I don't know if we have the hydrogen inhalation system comes from Korea, but it's finally available in the US. Another story. Well, hang on. What is the, I'm personally very interested in that. What is the uh, company's name? Blue Lights. And I got the context for you if you want, but <laughs> yeah. I got the rights from the Korean company. So that's inhalation of hydrogen which I'm going to recommend to all my Parkinson's MS CVA patients, right? Because we know hydrogen is able to enter the blood-brain barrier, but more importantly, it's the only antioxidant that's small enough and it's not charged, so it can enter the cell, protecting our RNA, DNA, mitochondria, proteins, etc. So amazing for anybody that wants to fix something that originates in that, in that brain. But back to water... We need enough water and we need clean water, right? Because we are and we remain what I call a plumbing system. We have a cardiovascular system. We get a lymphatic system, which is, of course, to get rid of toxins. But a lymphatic system is a major part besides our gut of our immune system. And so we, are, we have to avoid stagnation. So we need to hydrate to keep things moving. So clean water and plenty of it is number one. And yeah, hydrogen would be nice too. Number two, air, right? It's the first thing we do when we are, when we, when we are born is take a breath and it's the last thing we will do when we, when we die. And we just briefly mentioned breath work, but we need fresh air. So we need to spend more time outdoors and there's many ways we can fit that into our schedule. But uh, most of us don't know how to breathe or how to effectively utilize that oxygen. And that's where breath work comes in. And 
you can do breathwork doesn't cost anything. You just got to start practicing because 99.9% of people don't know what a proper breath should look like. It's five counts into the nose so we can catch that nitric oxide and get much deeper, the oxygen much deeper into our lungs and into our cells. And six breaths out to the nose. The mouth is not designed to breathe. It's to talk as we are doing today and to eat, right? So once we can utilize uh, our nose as the number one mechanism to breathe, we're probably going to do an average of five and a half to six breaths per minute. While through the mouth, we do 16 to 22 breaths. So there's an immediate biohacking of 300% increase in oxygen. Because remember, aging is oxidizing. It's oxidative stress. So what if we reduce that by 300% just by learning to breathe at no cost? I recommend your watchers download The Breath Source, which is an app with all the breath masters in the world. You can download it for free. My, my favorite guy on there is called Travis Stephens, personal friend. But it's free to learn how to breathe properly. And that's a huge biohack right there. Now, if you have a lot of money, you can buy a hyperbaric chamber or go do treatments and have 100% oxygen and have pressure and all those kind of technologies. And that's great. But first, let's learn how to breathe properly and get some more fresh air. So that's biohack number two. Yeah. Number three is movement. We talked about the plumbing system. Yes, water. But we can't sit still because sitting still is stagnation. But with movement, I do not necessarily mean you have to go to a gym or you have to play organized sport. No, you need to move, whether that's walking or dancing or playing around. You cannot sit still. You need to move. And if you do have a sedentary job or you are living in an area where you can't get out and move properly, then you can again invest in technology like mini trampolines, high vibration platforms, power plates, all that kind of stuff. But you can do that without any investments. You just got to move, right? And now if you move outside, you get the sunlight, you get the fresh air. And if you take your shoes off, you're grounding, right? And then if you do some breath work while you're doing that, you are biohacking exponentially right there. Very simple <laughs> stuff. Number four is the opposite of movement is rest. We need that deep delta sleep because that's where our body and our cells repair, regenerate, renew, right? I always compare it to a supermarket. If the people at night don't restock, and let's say they do that two nights in a row, there's no supermarket left. Nothing's going to function properly. It's the same as our body. We need to repair, restock, regenerate, regenerate, replenish, and renew, right? And that only happens in a deep delta sleep. So you need to figure out a way, and coaches like you and myself and anybody else can help you find that way. You need to find a way to get plenty of sleep, but not just superficial sleep, you need to get into the deep delta sleep for great health. So that's number four. And there's many things that can help you with that. An evening power routine, which is a visualization can be part of that, a brain tap. Certain supplements could help with that, but it's going to be very individual. And it's going to be based on why is it that you can't sleep? Is your mind rushing? And are you worrying? Or is it another a reason? Are you still full of energy because you didn't exercise or move today? What is it? And so we can help you there. So that's four. Number five would be light. Again, we talked about outside. So sunlight stimulates every biological and physiological process in your body. Think about animals that live in the Amazon around the equator, how powerful and big and colorful they are. And then think about animals that live underground like a mole. Who do you want to be? The big tiger or the mole? And so that's only to do with light. Light stimulates everything. So again, spending more time outside. And if you can't, or you live in Norway in the winter or in Iceland where there is no sunlight, there's artificial light that's far infrared, there's near infrared, there's all kinds of other technologies which cost money 
And if you have it, great. But if not, it's it's available for free for us. And I want to uh, add something for people who are very fair skinned like myself. So I'm not someone who goes out in the midday or afternoon sun to take sun. It literally is physically very uncomfortable for me. However, I have made it a habit pretty much every day to take in at least 10 minutes of the sun in the morning as it is rising. And to also, I've worked up now, I can comfortably gaze at it. And I also try to do the same when the sun sets. This is super important. As you mentioned, this stimulates so many different biochemical reactions, mood, other things in our body. So that just as a side note to add. This, is, this is perfectly the way. So for your listeners, here's, here's a little tip. When you get advice from your doctors, when you read something on the internet, when you get a second opinion, when you talk to a functional medicine doctor, it doesn't matter. When you listen to us, doesn't matter. Always ask yourself this. What do animals in the wild do? And they won't lie. And then evaluate whether that coincides. In other words, these are just a few examples. What do they drink, animals in the wild? Do they drink coffee, energy drinks, tea? Do they drink soda? No, they only drink water. They don't even drink milk after they come off the mother's breast because that's a perversion right there, right? So that's there, there's a question. What do they do after a meal? Are they going to go run and go to work? Or are they actually going to go and lay down and have that meal digested? What to, and this is what I thought of this because you said you can't go in the heat. There's a big difference between light and heat. We do not need heat. Heat exhausts us. Heat robs us from energy. So if you want to see animals in the nature, you got to get up early. Otherwise you won't see them, right? Because during the day you won't find them because they're hiding. They're in the shade, right? Because heat exhausts your energy. And Mother Nature tells you, don't go to the beach at 2 p.m. Don't. Even if you're fair-skinned or not fair-skinned, it doesn't matter. We're not designed to get exhausted by heat. <laughs> but we do need to light. And that's why they get up at dawn. And that's why you see animals in the evening and in the morning. And that's what you adopted. It's, I need the sunlight, but I don't need the heat. And that's exactly how you can get a lot of questions answered. Uh, a few other examples which are cool to think about. Do they wear clothes, sunglasses, hats, or shoes? No, they're grounding 24-7 which means is they're one with Mother Earth, so they're discharging negative energy into the ground. That's what grounding is about. We don't. When I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm on the floor in my house. It's, I'm not in contact with Mother Nature. So it needs to be the beach. It needs to be the park. It needs to be the outdoors, the grass, and you need to be on your bare foot or you need to be swimming in a river or the ocean, not in a swimming pool. That won't be grounding. And so your negative energy is discharged and you get those negative ions. So again, just think about animals in the wild, not your pet, because unfortunately our pets get the same diseases than we do because they get the same foods and they get the same electromagnetic frequencies and radiations and everything else that we're exposed to. So you brought that up and I thought it was a very good thing that you said, because there's a difference between light and heat and we don't need the heat. Excellent. Thank you for clarifying that even more for us. That makes so much sense. Also with the animal. And I think we were at number four, right? Which was the... Uh, so uh, movement and rest and then light was number five. So number six is upgrading our diet, right? Uh, and not just upgrading our diet. It's, it's I like to call about toxemia. I think there's only one cause of all disease. It's toxemia. Toxemia literally means toxins in the blood. But what it really means is that as part of normal living, as part of daily living, as part of our metabolism, our body obviously produces waste or toxins. 
But in a healthy organism, those toxins are eliminated by the kidneys, the bowels, the skin, etc. So no harm is done. However, when we are exposed to or ingest far more toxins than the body possibly can eliminate, then there's an accumulation of toxins in our blood and our body. And that's what we call toxemia. Now, what happens when those toxins accumulate in our body? Number one, these toxins are going to steal an electron from a healthy atom, which then becomes unstable, which we all know as free radicals. And we know that free radicals can exponentially cause damage on a cellular level, even our DNA. So that's our oxidative stress. We're oxidizing, we're aging, we're causing disease. The second thing that happens when those toxins are accumulating is we're in a constant state of emergency because the body wants to get rid of them, but it can't. And this constant state of emergency is actually called systemic inflammation in conventional medicine. And now, finally, even conventional medicine agrees that over 90% of all disease is directly related to this systemic inflammation. So that's why I'm saying there's only one cause of all disease, toxemia. Now, how do we avoid all disease? It's simple, theoretically, right? We need to keep toxemia in check. How do we do that? We need to reduce the exposure and intake to toxins. Which toxins? Our man-made foods and drinks, our, neutral, our uh, medicines over the counter and prescription medications is just a pile of toxins. We need to reduce those. Our environmental toxins, which is polluted air, polluted water, our household products, our cleaning products, our cosmetic products. And now today, our electromagnetic frequencies and radiation from our Bluetooth devices, our phone our smart appliances and everything else. And that was one of my best-selling books. I don't have it here, EMR, The Invisible Threat. So there's many things that we can do at no cost to drastically reduce the exposure to those. All right, so we need to do that is reduce the intake and exposure to all these toxins and simultaneously increase the nutrients that fight free radical damage fight systemic inflammation and repair our DNA. And if we can do that, and if we can keep the toxemia in check, there's no risk of any disease. So that's number six is upgrading, eliminating and upgrading. And a lot of to do has to do with nutrition and diet for sure. And then number seven, we actually talked about already, it's the mind, because the mind will control the body and our future. So we need to upgrade and bioactive the mind. And again, we don't need necessarily the technology for that. We can have a, bre a free breath source app. We can learn about visualization, manifestation. We can help uh, get help or do it ourselves, eliminating false core beliefs and really work on that mind. And there's so much information out there for free that you don't have to spend money on it. Absolutely. And I truly believe from my own experience and what I have also observed and others that about 80% of it is mindset changing. It's not even so much about learning. It's about unlearning things that have been put upon us, getting rid of those borrowed beliefs, these kinds of stories we have on repeat in our brain and that don't serve us anymore. A belief is just the thought we keep on thinking. And if you realize that's what a belief is, then all we have to do is change our thinking. Getting back to the very specific part of biohack, you actually also touch upon aging accelerators and biological stressors. So what are some of the less obvious factors in these categories that people might not be aware of? Biological stressors, right? It's obviously our stress. Stress mm -hmm. is something I work with many entrepreneurs with, of course, They're always in stress, but stress can easily be managed if you know how to, right? So 
Number one, stress, we can go back to purpose and passion and getting organized because a lot of stress comes from not being clear on what's happening tomorrow. So that's those foundations again, because there's also the foundations of stress and worry and fear. So we covered that part, but then there's, and then there's the stress, which has to do with the mind feeling that you're not gonna kill the presentation or feeling you're not gonna meet your sales goals and that uncertainty causes stress. So then we need to tackle those things. And it's all about going back to control, scripting. And if there's stress because you feel inadequate, then we need more training and become adequate. Or you're doing the finances of your own business and you got to submit something to the IRS and you're stressed about it. Maybe you should have hired a CPA. It's not your job if that's your weak point, right? So it's about getting that help again. So Many different aspects to that stress component, for sure. Was that what we were talking about? I forgot. The yes, name. it was, Mike. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's something else that we talked about before, and then we went on a few very interesting tangents with regards to some of the most recent developments in medicine technology and connected to biohacking. Is there something that has you really excited? It could be a study or a compound, a, a treatment. Yeah, there's a few things. And again, when I go to biohacking congresses, I, I have a very, I have an approach because there's suddenly a hundred booths and uh, 50 of them I know from the previous ones, but now there's another 50. And from those 50 new technologies or products, Probably half of them work and the other half may not work at all. It's just another gadget. It's another propaganda, another sales strategy. Just like in any other, other industry, we got to be careful what we spend our money on. So I have, I have an R&D team. It's only two people though, but I call it a team, right? That when I collect all that information, they actually go to the website. They call the company to ask some questions, to ask for some research etc. And once my R&D guys basically say, yes, it seems like this is scientifically based and it could work because blah, 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 blah. Then I say, okay, let's get one. And it's either for us or for some of our clients or for a family member that could benefit from it and see if it actually works. If the client likes it and if it makes an improvement, I'm also going to figure out, is there a way of measuring it objectively? Because there's always the placebo and other things that we can't control that make an improvement. But so there's, how do we objectively measure this? And I think that's a key to biohacking. And I'm certainly also want to have always for my clients an objective measurement before and after to evaluate what we did as a strategy or a technology, because I want to know that too. And they want to also see something objective, right? So whether that age, whether that's a, a DNA test, an epigenetic test, whether it's a gut biome test, whether that's regular blood work or whether that's an HRV, heart rate variability that gives us a lot of information about energy and parasympathetic and sympathetic and those types of things. So there needs to be objectivity. And so to that extent, very recently, uh, again, so we got to weed out what works and, and not works, but there's so much coming on the market every year that actually does work. And it's very exciting because we constantly need to upgrade the things that we upgrade with, let's put it that way. But always start with the foundations before technology. But when you ask me recently, I would say you talk about supplements before. I've been in the supplement industry for three decades. Unfortunately, 90% of supplements don't work because they're not 
regulated, the label doesn't match the contents. And that's where people get frustrated. And it's frustrating for me too, because people starting to want to spend more money on their health, including supplements, and then they end up going to a health food store and getting something that doesn't work and spend their hard-earned money. In my first book, I really spent a whole chapter on the criteria to select the right supplements and how to basically know whether it's a supplement that will work or not. But I think there's two things re recently, one more recently than the other that, that I got happy with. Number one, as I said, during the pandemic, I was working with a lot of people with ADHD and depression and anxiety. And many of those people are on drugs like Ritalin, Wellbutrin, Adderall, et cetera. And so I don't like any of those drugs. And I looked a little bit more into Adderall. I heard of it, but I usually don't waste my time studying those things because I'll never work with them. But I did, and I found, of course, there's a whole list of side effects. Increased heart rate, increased risk for heart disease, psychosis, seizures, the list goes on. So it's obviously is not something I can recommend, even though these people tell me that it really helps them to focus and be productive. So now I need to look for a natural alternative to these smart drugs that have similar positive effects, but no side effects and are safe. And so that's when I started my quest into nootropics. That's what the natural uh, smart drugs are called. And there's so many on the market, but I came across one called Focus Plus today, which has four natural ingredients. One of them is BioCitroid, which is a patented terpene coming from the Southeast region of South Asia. It actually comes from a certain type of blood orange citrus fruit. And BioCitroid at 30 milligrams or, or higher has shown to enter the blood-brain barrier. So it works very quickly. Unlike most supplements, take a few weeks to build up in your system and hopefully have a positive result. And then so the company, Claritin Z Health, added three compounds to it. L-tyrosine, which we know is an amino acid that helps with memory and focus, etc. We added phenylalanine, which is a neuroagent, which also helps with photogra photographic memory, focus, etc. And then the last one, probably my opinion, the most important one, phosphatidyl. Because phosphatidyl stimulates, according to research, NGF, which is nerve growth factor, which helps with the formation of new brain cells, neurotransmission, etc. So the combination of those four ingredients seems to be able to optimize the five intelligence hormones and helps you really focus and be productive. So I was able to get a lot of people off Adderall and on this natural alternative that doesn't give you a jittery effect or side effects. And so it's focus plus if you're, if you have some listeners that are interested, because it's not just people that have ADHD and focus problems. I have many top athletes that are always looking for some kind of an edge and not just athletes, people that want to cross a presentation in front of 10,000 people or want to perform an instrument, whatever it is, it may give you that little extra edge and it's called focus plus. And for those who want to get a free sample, go to trysmartpill.com. It doesn't work for everybody. It's not as strong as Adderall, but it does give you that same effect on the lesser level, but at least without any of the side effects. So that would be the first one that people could try for free. The other one, just recently, two weeks ago, I've been looking at these products and I've been taking them myself, which are products that have a much higher bioavailability than most supplements on the market. Most of them have 10% or less. So these have been proven by scientific research. They have 87% bioavailability, bioavailability. I've never seen that. They're listed in the PDR, the physician desk reference, uh, amongst all these drugs. Uh, but they just came out with an epigenetic study. So they tested the genes and see how these supplements affect those genes. And so what we saw that 
they gave a 1,250% decrease in inflammation and an 800% increase in BDNF, again, brain function. So significant outcome of these epigenetic study for these specific products. Some cool stuff to work with because as in this arena, everything just becomes better and better. Yes, thank goodness it does. And the last compounds or products you talked about, what is the, is there a brand name or a company? No. Yeah, the company is called 3-T-R-E-E. It is a direct sales company. I'm not into direct sales. I do other stuff, but the product they come up with is quite impressive. And I can send you a link to put below here where people can get them at wholesale uh, if they yep. want to try them out. But they yes. are very impressive. I even shipped them home to Belgium and uh, my friends and family are over there. It seems like I don't react to many things. I always have other people try them because I don't really have a reaction to much things. So I always have to have other people test, but it, it seems to have a very quick impact on people. While my past experience is people got to be honest. I tell people usually try two or three months of this supplement and see if it makes a difference. This is a matter of seven to 10 days and people are calling me back without asking. And now the studies really confirm why, because we just talked about inflammation being the cause of all disease. And so if you can reduce that with a single supplement by 1,250%, I hope you can see uh, some improvement. Right? Yes, please, Mike, have your team send me the information on that. I know this is going to be so interesting for so many of our listeners uh, today and beyond. And also the Trice, the Focus Plus, I'll find that link. I'll uh, put it in the show notes. And to wrap this really great conversation up, Mike, and we even just touched upon one topic. I wanted to talk about immunity with you. I wanted to talk about so many other things. You have experience also in how to build a brand and creating very loyal customers that come back. Anyhow, you're a man of many areas of knowledge. So I hope we have the opportunity to talk again at some point. This was really illuminating with regards to biohacking. So a question I ask all of my guests is to share a practice or practices that could be something you've been doing a long time, something new and exciting that's in your life, but something that has elevated your human experience mentally, physically, and or spiritually. I heard about breathwork, but this last year I really have been practicing the breathwork. And although many other technologies or techniques didn't really get me into a meditative state, breathwork this past year really has made a difference for me. And so actually I uh, did my, I hosted my first breathwork, biohacking with breathwork was the title, Costa Rica VIP retreat just uh, six weeks ago. And I just put another one up for next summer. I'm looking at a retreat in Mexico too, because it really worked for me. And I was surprised. I shouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised that it's such a, something simple to practice at no cost that can make a huge difference, not in just your oxygen consumption and the way you feel not fatigued, et cetera, but it has so many different applications going from proper breathing to biohacking your body to getting into meditative state to even connecting with your spirituality. So breathwork is so powerful. I've been practicing it more and more, and I personally have seen the advantages for myself, and that's why I'm trying to expose more people to it by telling them to download for free the biohacking source app on the smart device and checking out my retreats to come and learn from the best because I'm not teaching it. I'm not the expert at all. I'm a novice. 
Um, but I hired the best in the world to do those retreats. Excellent. And so for people who want to connect with you, you also can work one-on-one with people who want to, people who want to learn more about you, about the retreats, about all of the books you've published. How can they find you, Mike? One place only, biohackingunlimited.com. The books are there, mentorship programs are there, free subscriptions to a newsletter are there, the retreats are there. Everything you may want to know about me, about a speaker, etc., credentials, everything's on the website, biohackingunlimited.com. Super. I'll put all of that in the show notes, including uh, the links you will so kindly share with me. This was a really great conversation, uh, lots of food for thought and reframing certain things. So I'm very grateful you made time for us today and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Sounds like a plan. For those of you who want to do a deeper dive and start optimizing mentally, physically, and spiritually, head over to my newsletter to superhumanize.com slash newsletter and sign up. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution.